Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roasty Studios and part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. All live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I am Porter Hayes, and alongside me is Adam Hall. And we're also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wedgers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head on over to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and get on the action. Remember to use your promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Adam, we finally um, had some some sort of football in, in, in shape and form, closed off to the media and, and the public, but they had their first fall scrimmage of, I guess it's, it's kind of crazy to say fall camp when it's yeah. 100 degrees outside, but... We got football finally coming. High school scrimmages start this week. I know Ozark plays on Monday. A lot of the high schools on Monday. Junior high plays on Tuesday. So here, this is what we've been waiting for, something. I mean, I'd find a peewee game if it was tonight, you know, yeah. just to give you yeah. something to watch. But uh, from what we gathered, again, um, notes and, and, and some things, good and bad, it's kind of hard you when you break down a – fall camp or a fall scrimmage when, you know, it's closed off to media, but coming from what coach Pittman and others said afterwards, it seemed like a pretty basic. What would you, ex- you would expect from a first scrimmage or live scrimmage with refs? Yeah. He, I mean, he came out and said, you know, that he hasn't normally brought in an sec officiating crew like that, but he wanted to, he wanted him to call it as close as possible, which I think is good. It gets you a feel of where your team's at. Um, also, they were doing live punt returns, live kick returns, to try to see who's going to be that guy or guys for him, um, which he said he hadn't done in the past. So, changed some things up, but I think it's good rather than kind of going into week one not being for certain who's going to be in those positions. Well, and that's something that, you know, we talk about the offense and the defense, and you know, special teams is just as important as as any of them, and that's something mm-hmm. that I don't know we've heard anything about. And so maybe that's that's kind of a telltale sign of, you know, him actually emphasizing on the special teams more. I know uh, Scott Fountain has taken some kind of ups and downs when it comes to special teams. I was really surprised. You know, we're talking about special teams that I didn't see Cam Little's name on the. Um, Oh, what was what's the kicker's the award for the kicker? Uh, Rosa, yeah, the, the, the Luke Rosa award. The yeah. Rosa, yeah, yeah. He wasn't even on the watch list, and that was very surprising because because he was either ninety two or ninety six percent last year, and, and one he's the got other. a leg. I mean, he kicked a mm-hmm. sixty yarder in practice the other day. I know it's practice, but well, a leg's a leg. <laughs> even in the scr- live scrimmage, I mean, he kicked a fifty eight yarder and I think a fifty two yarder. So that right there, he's got the leg. Yeah. Even the one that went 68 yards, which I know it's coach talk, but Pittman said it probably could have gone 68, just the distance that it had on it. Yeah, and and that's what's going to be a big key. Now, I don't know how much he's going to be doing because I don't know how much of the punting, the kicking, and kickoff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's yet to be seen. So maybe that's another part of it is the – the special teams, who's going to be your kicker? Now, I don't know – the conditioning it takes to do all three, but I mean, there's be a possibility. I don't, I haven't really ever seen him do all three, but it'd be, I don't know what their depth is, is what I'm getting at. And that yeah, could be I mean, a question. Last, we, we lost Reed Bauer to Memphis in the transfer yeah. portal. Um, that honestly, I think is a fairly big blow. It was a shocker to me. Yeah. Um, but I think some of the, I mean, I can off the top of my head, think of the Aussies name that we had brought in. Um, as from what I saw from him last season, there's a lot of work just in the leg strength and his schemes of where he was kicking and whatnot. So I, that's a big question in my opinion, because you need those guys that can position their kicks down at, you know, inside the 20, mm-hmm. wherever it may be. 
Yeah, and especially when you are bringing in a new defense, you want to flip the field and really give your defensive chance to pin them deep into the opposing territory to really, one, help your offense. You know, you've got an offense that, especially if you're relying on a run game first, we know that's what their MO is going to be. No matter what kind of uh, passing game, whatever, you know they're going to be doing. So if you can really flip the field and really get into the 40, 50, you know, starting at the opposing 40 or your own 40 in that pocket from 40 to 40, that's really going to help in post to your start from your 20 all the time. And having a good special teams, a lot of people don't think about that. That has a lot to do with it. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's came back to bite Arkansas in the past with field position when we've had botched punts or, um, you know, touchbacks, whatever it may be, when we can't pin them. Um, I think that our return games, both kickoff return, which well, kickoff return these days, I know is a little um, – different than the past with the rules that have been implemented to, for player safety and whatnot. I don't think you see as many kick returns anymore, but you know, to be able to have that guy that could flirt with coming out of the end zone is always great to have. I don't feel like you see as many running backs anymore in that position. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have DMAC. You wouldn't have rocket Sanders mm-hmm. and Dominion back there. Like when you yeah. had DMAC and, and Felix Jones, but I think mm-hmm. that a lot of it is because if you're moving the, the, kicker up and he's kicking all of them in the end zone what's the point i mean there's mm-hmm. just that chance that one fluke play where you know the defense is always taught to run through the play and run into the end zone sprint i just think of that one fluke play where that defender just kind of shoulder checks him you know just to, mm-hmm. and ends up throwing him you know causing an injury and that would you talk about blows you know to your team you know you have rocket sanders back there even dominion you've got you know that that would really hurt this team's running attack Oh, definitely. Uh, and it's one of those, I mean, I look at somebody like Bryce Stevens that, I mean, he did well in pump return for us. Um, yes, I, he I, did. You know, I think it's his, if they're still looking at that, his to lose. Um, now, kickoff returns, I think you're going to get maybe some, him and another younger guy out there just to get them on the field. Um, but we, we'll see coming in, what, 20 days? Yeah. And I, I did have to laugh on, on the defensive side of the ball. They said Jalen Lewis had one interception, but it came after the play was blown dead. I, I kind of got a little uh, chuckle out of that one because it was like he had an interception, but, you know, we'd already blown. It's almost like uh, KJ didn't have any interceptions at all. You know, it's kind of it was well, funny. And, and that's one thing, too, like listening to because, you know, it was ones versus twos, twos versus ones um, on both sides of the ball. But, you know, one of the things that, was, you know, out there with what Pittman was saying was the offensive line didn't look that great. Yeah. The defensive line did look great, um, or at least good compared to, you know, the, he said the defense as a whole, besides some penalties in the secondary, you know, was very promising. But, you know, I think offensive line, you hope it's not going to be, but from the looks of yesterday, it may be a struggle. Well, here, here's the thing. you you got to remember that the teams aren't padding up and, and hitting full speed until, I mean, they put pads on, what, last week? Mm-hmm. You know, so even then you're doing drills. So you know you're, you're about 75 80% on your, on your effort. You're not really – and that's what surprises me when I go watch these high school practices and stuff. They – they're in pads but no pants, and they're they're rarely working on tackling and hitting. And so you get into this game setting, you're going to have offensive woes because now you're at game speed. This is your first time game speed, first time hitting, first time really – I wouldn't say they don't pay attention, but this is the first time where you're really in a game setting. So you're going to have that, okay, it's that, that streak of where, all right, it's time to play, and then you progress from there. You can't expect uh, offensive line – because you know how it is. I mean, when you're in drills, you're just like, okay, blow the whistle. It's kind of scripted, and we're going to mm-hmm. run through these plays. You jump up and then jog. You know, now it's go time. And you, I expect that because you don't do it as much as you used to. Used to, it was all summer camp. You're padded up. You're hitting. You know, you're even hitting the quarterbacks. Now you're protecting your quarterbacks. And so I think they – these. I guess they're having two, two more scrimmages or just one more so. Yeah, I think two, one more. One more scrimmage. Yeah. So, in, in that, that's where you want to see the progression because now it's like, okay, it's go time. You're fully padded up. 
you know what to expect when somebody hits you or your cadences and stuff of we need to get this rolling because you can't afford, even against Western Carolina, to then you need to start working on things because if you're starting at 20% Western Carolina, by your third game, you got BYU and then LSU. So you, there's no time to waste when it comes to your progression and in those things that need to get fixed. So how do you look at, say, 10, 15 years ago, do you think that them not going full pads, full hitting, full contact until later hurts? Because I know a lot of it's they're wanting to stop injuries happening in camp. Yeah, but, but you, I, you know, do you do you hurt yourself when it comes to actually your tackling and you're, you know, just getting used to that physical physicality. Yeah, because, I mean, and it's, and it's not no more so the physicality, is it the muscle memory? The muscle memory mm-hmm. of hitting low, pads up, and, and especially today where a lot of people want to hit high. They, wanna, they want that knockout punch. They want that truck mentality. But I've said this for years. I mean, I they need to change the way they – the equipment and the pads – you know, I hear a lot of this, well, it's about the safety. Well, I honestly think a punt return is more dangerous than a kickoff return. You know, when oh, you're looking well, at the blindside blocks and stuff that those – and I know they're taking that kind of out of the game, but if you're going to take one of the two out, what do you want? Both teams running full speed where you're blocking at 20 or you got a punt return. There's more danger when it comes to a punt return to me than a kick return. Oh, I agree with that. Because, I mean, who was it? I forget the Arkansas player against Vanderbilt around 2010 or 2011. In Vanderbilt, um, Vanderbilt player was catching the punt, and the Arkansas defender it just blew him just up. trucked yeah. him. And blew him got up. Ejected, ejected from the game. Mm-hmm. But I, you see – I feel like you see – you definitely see that more on the punt returns. I mean, still. Because you really don't see circa – was it 2014 – or 2016 Arkansas and Florida when Duop Mitchell laid out one yeah. of the Florida players on the kick return. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but, and you miss it, and I understand the safety of the game, but I think I've worked in a safety industry for a long time and in, in, in corporate industries and oil field and stuff, and it's almost like, you know, somebody driving 10 miles under the speed limit is just as dangerous as dr- driving 10 miles over the speed limit. You know, you, if you're being too cautious, sometimes – that could hurt you just as much as not being as cautious. And I'm, mm-hmm. cause I've seen it happen in both, both senses, but I, I, it's like almost like you need to have that because look in reality you, is you're lining up against Bama. Do you don't not think they're trying to take your head off? I mean, it's mm-hmm. almost like you need that because that's, what's going to happen to you in a game. That's I mean, Absolutely. your conditioning, all that stuff. If you're not conditioned, cause look, it, I work in the heat. I work outside every day. I know it sucks, and there's not no getting used to it. <laughs> but somebody who's out there, and if you're in the heat, and those elements with pads, and it gets a little bit easier, and you get adjusted to it, opposed to you're not used to wearing full pads but two weeks, and then you throw adrenaline on top of that. You throw you know, game day setting on top of you're playing on a field that's probably breaking 110 on the turf or 130 on the turf, your hydration and stuff the night before and your nutrition comes into play. But I think there's a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I know that was a long answer, but no, I think they need to spend more time on that because it's just, I I feel like sometimes they're being too safe and too cautious and that's what causes these injuries and these, you know, things of that nature because – one equipment. I think the mm-hmm. equipment's too too small. There's no knee pads. There's nothing. Yeah, that's been one thing I've noticed. Just like year by year, the shoulder pads get smaller, and then the non-existent thigh pads, knee pads. I mean, everything's just gone. If you look at you know, eighties, nineties, two thousands, twenty tens compared yeah. to now. Oh yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I understand, you know, the quarterbacks need to throw and the the mobility and stuff, but it's just hard to. And even the shoes, you look at, I mean, when Arkansas had that run of where they were having foot injuries every year, mm-hmm. I mean, was that the grass? Was it the shoes? I mean, you never knew what it, the turf, you know, there was just seemed to be a lot of foot injuries that was going on. And now we're kind of seeing uh, what appears, and I say that heavily, appears to be a season-ending injury for um, Sam Ibake. And 
Look, I'll break it down like this. We only reported it and we only said it because he, he himself posted it on his IG story and then Hogs Media on Instagram is where I've seen it, shared it. So, therefore, I know there's a lot of people that, well, let's wait till the, the school releases. I don't know if we're going to see it for another week. So, I mean, if you want to wait a week on that, but... You know, it's, it's one of the things like we at, at Hog Talk, we, when it comes to injuries, if I would not have seen him post that, I would have never shared it, posted or liked it or nothing because I want to see a source. But when you're seeing it from the horse's mouth, I mean, that's kind of, you know, and then there was a picture that got deleted or I don't, like I said, I'm an old head. I don't know exactly how Instagram stories work, but apparently the other day he put one up that it expired and it had him on a table with 2024. So that's I seen the picture but didn't save it. So that's where I got the 2024 news, and there was a lot of confusion around it. So we we got information from his Instagram story, and that's why we posted what we did. Yeah, and I mean, you know, afterward, like what I had saw was um, what you had sent me, and then what I saw in Hog Media about um, it just being a lengthy injury or yes. no timetable, whatever the case may be. But like I said, from the horse's mouth, I mean him up on the training table with 2024 on there, mm-hmm. you can't really get any more clear than that. And he may have very well been told to delete it or it expired. Yeah. Who knows? That's what I was told. Um, it, it, it expired. Mm-hmm. So therefore that's why, you know, it wasn't seen. And I understand when it comes to injuries and stuff like that, people having questions and stuff and, and, and or concerns, but mm-hmm. I just, for our integrity, I know that I would ever, you know, when it comes to sharing and stuff like that, especially as when it comes to somebody's injury, I would never share that unless I knew for sure or it was reported by the U of A. I just think the timing of fall camp and scrimmage, they and I guarantee you somebody has talked to Sam about, <laughs> hey, man, and I'm sure there's going to be a meeting, if not already, about guys, look, you can't be taking snaps or insta grand pictures and talking because it's going to go out there and it's fair game. So it is. That, that's I mean, the way I see and it. That's why, you know, after he brought up uh, Mbake's injury, I mean, he also talked about Nathan Bax. We don't know really yeah. anything about that because he was pulled during, during the scrimmage. Um, I know that he's kept a, kept a couple few guys out, but made it kind of seem like that no big deal. They'll be ready to go. Yeah. If it was real game scenario, they would have been in there. Um, so I'm not too, you know, you just hope to get through fall camp without, somebody having a significant injury and it never seems to fail that we cannot get through a single camp without something like this happening. Yeah. And that, and going back to the last you know question, I mean, that happened back when they used to do pads full time and, and all that. Now, I mean, it, injuries happen. It's a physical game. And especially when you're dealing with division one athletes, stronger and faster, and you know, they're hitting you a lot harder than they used to. And, so it's, but you also read between the lines because you kind of follow trails. You know, it'd be like, um, say, Coach Pittman said Poopal was held out of practice, and we don't know. You know, it was just precautionary. But yet, if we go to friends and families' socials and they got something posted, I mean, you kind of read between the lines. But still, yet it's, I don't know exactly what type of injury it was, and that's when I stop that point of it. We know mm-hmm. that he's had an apparent injury and it appears that he's out till 2024, but it doesn't matter if it's an arm, leg, head, shoulders, whatever. It, the fact that remains is it appears that we've lost already a receiver out for in uh, one that, you know, from everything coming out of camp and from the media that had been really turning heads. So mm-hmm. the, the weakest or, or the one that we had questions about now we have more questions. Who's going to step up? Does that mm-hmm. open up for somebody like, you know, Isaac to really step up? Zatania, you know, these guys that really wanted, thought they were getting 20% of the reps. Now they're going to get mm-hmm. 30 and 40. So it, it all plays itself out in the end. You've got to have that next man up mentality. Yep. You've got to be ready to go because you never know what's going to happen, whether it's before the season, in the middle of the game, in a practice outside of football altogether. I mean, like we saw with Quincy. Um, so you, you never know when something like that's going to come. So you just have to have your team prepared. And as players, you have to stay prepared. Yeah. And I, you know, from what 
clips we've seen on, on Twitter and stuff and, and behind the scenes from Hogs Plus, you know, it looked like the running game doing really good. You know, I know that they said things about the offensive line, again, with the penalties, and I know that can kind of mess with the flow of the game. But when, when you have all three of your running backs and your quarterback doing things, I noticed in the run game they kind of held KJ, which is good. I hope they kind of would try to run him in the next scrimmage because, mm-hmm. again, you he needs to be touched. He needs to be – kind of just jolted a little bit to, you know, because w- when you get in a game, sometimes you might forget, no matter how much of a team captain you are, you run around, oh, he's not going to hit me because I'm a quarterback, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is a real game, then fumble. You know, yeah. you're not used to getting jostled from behind or hit from the side, and you know, you get blindside hit, well, that, you know, fumble. You know, it's just – that's what the biggest thing is, turnovers in a team like this that has something to prove this year has to get more wins, you can't be turnover heavy because you're already playing as the underdog role. We're seeing, you know, you're picked fifth in the West. So that that shows you what the coaches and the media think that the um, team's going to finish. So, you know, you got to go in there. you got to bring your A game. Western Carolina game could not get here fast enough. And I don't know – what what are your thoughts on the very first game of the year being played in the Little Rock? I I'm always on the fence about this Little Rock game. I I go back to what Brett Bielema said when he was here that the Little Rock game is still a road game. Yeah. Because they have to travel to there. Whether it's three hours away, whether it's ten hours away, you're still traveling. You're still out kind of outside of your norm. Um so I I, I kind of like the idea of doing the every other year. And, but then I know the NCAA came in or SEC came in and said that we couldn't do the, um, I guess, spring game there. Yeah. And so that kind of took out what they were going to do with like Missouri there and then the spring game there. But I, I, I would rather a non-conference game be there than an SEC game be there. Yeah. If they were going to have to play a game there, let it be a non-conference. But I'll tell you what. And this is just nostalgia for me. There, there was just something about the LSU game in War Memorial Stadium, and but a lot of had that had to do with the success of the team and the winning. And and when they were good, you know, the games in Little Rock were amazing. You know, I mean, that's just it, it's a whole different ball game opposed to when the team's not winning. Now all of a sudden, you know, the Little Rock games don't mean as much. Oh, yeah. I mean, was it – I hate to bring up this. Did we play Toledo in Little Rock in 2015? Oh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, we've lost also lost some games there that we shouldn't have. Yeah. So, yeah. I, know there, I know there's been some big ones that we have won. I mean, obviously, the miracle on Markham's are burned into mm-hmm. everybody's head. Well, and um, it seemed like ever since Nutt – I mean, Nutt had a, what, mm-hmm. 8-0 record in, in War Memorial mm-hmm. or something like that. And I think after that, the, of course, and in the Petrino years, you know, but it all had to do with the sex. And I brought the question up, but I think a lot of people are starting to waver because, you know, if, if Arkansas was a team like Bama or, you know, um, Tennessee or LSU or Auburn, they were set. You know, every year we're competing for the first or second spot. And you could afford – the, the recruiting of it, mm-hmm. but you can't. It's it's just like you need every chance you get. But then again, now here comes the transfer portal. And, and yeah, I, yeah, and I think with another thing though that kind of, and maybe this is also what kind of leaves, leaves a bad taste in my mouth with the Little Rock games is the fact that we also have to play in Arlington. Yeah, so it's one of those that. You know, I I think that A and M and Arkansas need to go back to home and homes. Yes, be done be done with Jerry World. If you want to keep War Memorial at that point for a, a one game, great. I have no issues with it. But then you get into those seasons that we've got a game of War Memorial and we've got a game that happens to be our home game in Arlington. There's two games away from uh, Fayetteville yeah. that you are, are going to have recruiting issues at. You could have guys visiting in Fayetteville that you're not going to have now. Well, and then you look at the course, you look at that stretch, I mean, of, of the way. I mean, it'd be nice to have um, the Texas A&M game home, you know, because 
when, when you're looking at this year specifically, I mean, you, you don't know how. I mean, again, you might get Texas A&M away, but if you think about it, if you played Western Carolina and Little Rock and you had Kent State, BYU, LSU, and A&M at home, if that's how that played out, then you go on that stretch of Oxford, Tuscaloosa, then you're back in Fayetteville, Gainesville, Fayetteville, Fayetteville, mm-hmm. Fayetteville. So um, it just it, it would just set it up better if you had it away because it's just when you go to Baton Rouge, Arlington, Oxford, then Tuscaloosa. Yeah. That's that's tough. And I know we say it every year, but geez Louise, that was that's well, and brutal. it's just those seasons that that's happened that you know, bad draw, whatever, that you end up with only four of your twelve games in Fayetteville. To me, that's a disservice yeah. to the team when you're, you know, dealing with the Arlington and then War Memorial. So I mean I just look at it, you know, take whatever advantage you can get. Um, you know, if they wanted to do the Arkansas Arkansas State thing more than one year, and it always being Little Rock, go for it. Yeah, but I think if, if the NCA would ever allow it, and they allowed those scrimmages between the two teams, mm-hmm. I think that would be an option. Because one thing we're not even mentioning is the fans. You know, the the donors. You know, they're putting the bar up. They're adding facilities, and they're asking more and more money. So, like this year, you know, you're asking people for season tickets and, and to renew and be in the Razorback Foundation and thousands and sometimes millions of dollars. But you look at what you're getting, you're getting Kent State, BYU, Mississippi State, Auburn, Florida International, and Missouri. So, I mean, just looking from a fan standpoint, do you think – that's a fair deal. I mean, you're looking at the money because if money means everything when it comes to the football program and, you know, we're trying to generate revenue and we're trying to be the top dog, but you got to look at the consumer. And when you're the consumer and they, hey, we want your 25 grand to, uh, or your 50 grand for the Razorback Foundation, we're going to give you Western Carolina, Kent State. Oh, no, you know, that's extra. <laughs> then the A&M, yeah. that's extra. So it, well, and then now you're throwing on too that there's like no more paid parking or there's no more free parking anywhere for games. So, I mean, the the prices just keep piling. I I just think that especially for the season ticket holders, I mean, fans in general, it's not just for season ticket holders. No. But they deserve all their money's worth. Exactly. When it comes to all the amenities or – because, I mean, I think I saw that um, somebody was wanting their tickets printed out, and it was like an additional – because everything is digital now (laughs) – um, but it was an additional like a hundred dollars to have the ticket office print off their tickets. Oh my gosh! And you know, it's just let's nickel and dime them. So every can which we way can possible. we start calling Arkansas Razorback a, a legionnaire? I mean, should that be I the mean, new sponsor? Because it well, seems like that's yeah, what they're doing. I mean, it, do you look at? I mean, it's happening in other teams, venues, concerts live, whatever, live events. I mean, they're going away from tickets. I get it, but at the same time, it's kind of like. Where do you draw the line at? I yeah, mean, you got to get yeah. start charging people to go to the bathroom. Probably, they, I mean, you know, I mean, that, it, it's getting and yeah, it's but that's where we're headed, and, and it keeps heading that way because it's like it's but it's going to be another point where finally the fans are going to be like, hey, look, we can watch these games on Hogs Plus or ESPN Plus or CBS Sports. We'll just pay the extra nine dollars a month to watch this game this week, and then we'll cancel our subscription. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, I see I see that complaint a lot from people yeah. that you know what the costs of say ESPN Plus or the added networks, and I kind of look at it like, yeah, but how much would going to all these games cost you? Yeah, and especially when you can cancel the service after the season. Mm-hmm. So well, I think that's something that you know we we heard them talk about for a long while, but I mean. It's going to take have to take a true large hit of fans not going to games for any of that to change. You'd have to bring Chad Morris back. Uh, exactly. I mean, I mean, seriously, because that's what did. You know, when you look in the stands and then you have more people at your spring games and high school games than you did. And, and I'm not saying Arkansas is like a, a Notre Dame or Ohio State, but they're big enough to where there should be no reason to have under 50,000 at your games. 
mm-hmm. ever, weather permitting. I'm saying weather permitting. There should be no reason why you shouldn't have under 60,000 at your games because the fans, I mean, you're getting these home games. You should be on a good product. But, again, we know what winning does. Look at the basketball program, you know, the baseball program, on, and they're, you know, on waiting list to get in. And, and so mm-hmm. – But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to continue the conversation after the break, and then we're going to touch on some women's basketball, European tour, soccer and volleyball is getting uh, started, and we're going to announce our schedule coming up for this week. We'll catch you right after the break. Attention DOIers and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Mentors Hardware Store. With locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville, our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need, whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck. Most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metro's Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Business today, and let's build something amazing together. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our Harris history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. Searching for premium brewery products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www. Sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. And welcome back to the Hog Talk Podcast. And Arkansas men's basketball team went 3-0 in Europe doing a European tour in Greece, um, Croatia, and uh, they... Uh, had a very uh, fun first game where <laughs> they uh, won by 100 points, and I know there was a big uproar about, you know, the competition and stuff. But, man, with how this team is laid out and the expectations on this team, and, and I say that as uh, somebody who's covered the team for five, this is my fifth year going into it, the expectations for this team is at its highest. The expectations for Coach Neighbors is at its highest. So if you have the chance, it doesn't matter who you're playing. This is per NCAA rules. The men did it last year. Women team doing it this year. You get 10 extra practices included in this. You only lost really one player, Aaron Barham. You got one back and Sasha go for it. Then you brought in Talia Scott from Florida. And then my biggest surprise, Jenna Lawrence from Farmington, in-state kid. And I'm telling you, you put you put a little bit more blonde in Jenna's hair. Her and Sailor Poffenbarger look exactly the same. They shoot exactly the same, play defensive the same. And w- being able to watch Sasha and Jenna and uh, Sailor go at it defensively, and then you throw in there Miriam. You know her knee is a hundred percent. I mean, she you could just see a big difference in her how she's running up and down the court. Jersey Wolfenbarger. Another one. We're, we're going to see a totally different team that now they're pressing it and being able to watch them implement this. I say all that to say this is when you're implementing a lot of new people 
it doesn't seem like there's new people on the roster, but you're bringing in some new people. Carly Keats is another one. And you're implementing a new press that Mike Neighbors has never done. You need everything you can get because LSU's not slowing down. Ole Miss ain't slowing down. South Carolina's not slowing down. I mean, the SEC is getting deeper and deeper. So you need all the practice you can get because the road's not getting any easier and that seat's not getting any colder. comments because I looked at it like this you know it's a trip to Europe with your teammates you're playing players that you don't have to see day in and day out in practice and you know it's just a completely different atmosphere you get the extra practices oh yeah and while they were there too we got a commitment for next season from the Netherlands so let's not act like that there was you know that wasn't a part of the whole deal too you know and then we brought back um Christina, yep. Christina, Christina Sanchez. They, she yep. brought they brought them back with her when she got done playing with, uh, with her country. So you know, it's one of the, there was more to this than just going and playing three little old games. Especially if Mike Neighbors is getting into international waters, if you will, of going and getting these players. Yeah, I, I seen Phoenix. Um, her her mother is considered the Adele of the Netherlands. Um, hey. Big big time star over there, but. Her dad, a basketball star, and you could just see her and you see a basketball player. She's 5'9", um, and I tried to look at rankings. I don't know how, since she is an international player, how they do that sort of ranking. So I do apologize for those who've asked if she's a four-star, five-star. I can't confirm because uh, there's there's no rankings when it comes to her because she is an international player. Um, I'll have to get with somebody on where to look because this is the new we're a new territory for Mike Neighbors mm-hmm. and getting these international players. You know, you see a lot of this in the JUCO world, getting Australian players, Brazilian players. I know Oregon's done it with uh, Sabali and and um, other schools, but this is new charted territory for Arkansas. But that shows the growth. That shows that. Again, we're starting to get, if you get these kids on campus, if you get these kids to come see, and you're looking at the excitement, you got to, and she is a 2024, so she will mm-hmm. be a, she'll be here next year playing. So if you look at the roster this year, how it sets up, Michaela Daniels will be the only one that really is, unless, you know, something happens and you have some lose to the transfer portal. But I'm telling you, if this team has a full year together, they make it a tournament, win a couple of games. They could, you know, do very well easily. Then you're just replacing Michaela with with Phoenix, and now you still got Talia and Sam in the backcourt, along with everything else coming back. This team's just going to get stronger and stronger. And the rebounding, you're running a different set. You're running. You have the length with Miriam and Jersey and Jenna and Sailor and Sasha. I mean, yeah, you I talk about something <laughs> especially with Jersey, like an. Um, you know, Sailor coming in, you know, Jersey kind of got pushed to the back a little bit. So I think that to get her on the court, you've got to move her with her height and yeah. her size to a more post position. Because I know she's, I mean, since high school, she's been mainly a guard. Yes. Um, you know, she went down low, you know, at Northside, but a lot of that's just because she's six to eight inches yeah. taller than everybody else. Um, but my only issue or concern wouldn't be really an issue is her matching up with the size of a South Carolina um, when it comes to post play, yeah. But who knows? That's a long time from now, so you know it could be completely different come December. Yeah, but you you look at the reality of it. I mean, she would be your third or fourth option when it come to that type. Not saying mm-hmm. third or fourth option. She, I mean, she's improved big time on her down low. I mean, every time I've been to practice, her and Miriam's down low, banging and battling and and working on their inside game. You're gonna now the bigs are still gonna shoot threes. That's just part of Mike Neighbors' process. So if you think they're just gonna eliminate the three point play, it's not happening. But you have more options of scores. You don't just mm-hmm. have where you're living dying by the three because with Talia and Carly and then Sam, Mac too. Mac's more, you know, she's in her fifth year. She's more of a, you know, spot up. She don't want to drive as much because you're yeah. just getting that much wear and tear on that body. But you have your youngins in there that want to drive to the basket. They're not afraid of that contact. And Carly Keats, I, I, I keep talking about her and Jenna. And I was talking to Kylie, the SID at Arkansas, and I've talked to Coach Neighbors. 
if you want to describe Keats, you you think of Tolfrey and Ramirez if they had a mm-hmm. baby. That that is exactly when I watch her play what you're getting, and I'm excited to see Christina because they're saying she's just as good as Keats. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have that guard play, and then you have your bigs. You're running a press, but they've got two, three deep at every position. Legit. Yeah. I think bringing back Sasha too um, for a heart and soul of the team that is huge. No matter what she does on the court, it's, I mean, she is one of those players that you can tell means something to every single person, player-wise, coaching-wise. She just makes everybody around her better. And when you look at last year, you look at when you had someone like Sailor, all SEC defensive player. She got in foul trouble in the first quarter. Who was coming in behind her? You didn't have somebody her stature because Aaron was already on the court. Mm-hmm. Marion wasn't really full 100% on her knee. You could tell that. You could tell that in the tournament, you know, in the SEC tournament. She just wasn't confident on that knee. Now, you look at this year's team. You've got an all-defensive player in Sasha. Go for it. So, now you're not putting as much pressure when you're saying, well, I can't play this way because who's behind me? Now, mm-hmm. you can bring in Sailor. Hey, you've got two fouls, sometime depending on the matchup, three before halftime. Go in there and play physical because you got Sasha coming in behind you. If that mm-hmm. kind of fails, well, now you got Miriam to come in behind her. And then Jenna, you've got – Jersey, you have four options there at that position where you can interchange them, and you're going to see a lot of difference. And and I know he's got a lot to prove. I know this team's got a lot to prove. But what I'm seeing from this team of past years is it's going to be a more physical, and it's going to be fun to watch this team do a press. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's one thing that I've not been shy about it. And, you know, Mike Neighbors has been on my hot seat. Um, Just uh, It's just one of those you want to – Make the tournament. You got to get out of the first round. Yeah, um, and it's just one. Of, you, I didn't. There wasn't those steady increases, and so I think it's just one of the. It always just felt like that the team was reverting back or just never taking that step forward. So I'm hoping this year. I mean, you know, changing up the defense, running presses, a different just look altogether. That he knows that you know it's put up or shut up time. Well, and, and it's what it, it's almost like. That's the motto for this whole university and those kind of sports is, all right, no excuses. Your softball team's set, program's set as a program. Mm-hmm. Your basketball team, there should be no reason why you don't win a tournament game. Your football team, you're saying you've got this depth and you've got your whole backfield back. Yes, you have wide receiver issues, but, you know, you have enough to where you should win. You should be progressing. And I really want to compare – the, the women's basketball team and the softball team is when we're talking about getting to that next level, there has to be hard decisions that need to be made. Mm-hmm. And you look at the decision, coaching change, softball. You look at Aaron Barnum going to Mississippi State. Look at those differences and, and how much those two people meant to those teams I don't know if, if a year or two ago that would have happened. I don't know if, if they would have been able to make that cut tight. And this is a very kind of sensitive subject to talk to because being a part of the programs for, you know, five years, I've mm-hmm. seen this, these programs grow. But it's when it comes to reality of where you want to go, sometimes you got to make those tough decisions. And for those coaches to make those tough decisions and really be like, okay, you know, this is what needs to be done. And they do those things. You see you had a player exit, and you've seen that a, that a coach exit. doesn't mean that these people are not great people. It's just sometimes, especially when you've got coaches and players to kind of come back and, and fill that slot, you really got to ask yourself, who would you rather have in that position, Sasha or Aaron? And, and who would you rather have in that other spot, DJ or, or Yo? I mean, it's, it's, it sucks to be talking about it, and, and, and it kind of pains me to say those things, but – in the end, do we want to get to Oklahoma City and do we want to get out of the first round of the tournament or do we want to keep on keeping certain types of players and knowing where we want to get? You've got to make those changes. You've got to. You've got to. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's one of those things that I think Muss has probably done one of the best jobs when it comes to that with players leaving. You know, we don't necessarily know it, but, you know, behind the scenes, he's having that conversation with you know the uh, the players that end up you know Darian Ford, you know yep. I hated to see Darian Ford leave, but 
you know, who knows how that conversation actually went, but you could probably kind of tell that Darian Ford maybe just didn't fit or have mm-hmm. a spot, N- nothing knocking him whatsoever. But if he wanted playing time, he was going to have to move on. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it works out better. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, we saw KK Robinson, you know, I, I always wish them the best. I just wish these guys wouldn't go to SEC schools, um, but I know it happens. But, you know, KK, it didn't pan out in Texas A&M, and now he's in Little Rock. Yeah. Um, you know, Connor went to Oral Roberts where, you know, it worked out for him. Now we'll mm-hmm. see what he does at Mizzou. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I hope Darian Ford just, you know, blows the roof off the place. And it's just a, that tough conversation that, you know, it's hard on the players, too, to have to have that conversation and then decide, do I stay or do I go? Well, and then you're, you know, you're looking at the teammate aspect of these dudes, your brothers and like you, you, the brotherhood, but yet you still have to realize, man, I know I'm better than them or I'm trying to hang with them. I'm trying to take their spot, but yet be their brother at the same time. I mean, that's got to be tough. You know, we're talking about all this mental health awareness and and stuff and that just, you can't help but not, you were human. Mm -hmm. You know, you spend so much time. It's like a coworker that... You know, you you don't like, but you got to get along with them to make your job better. I'm yeah, sure that's I mean, happened. We heard after the uh, season basketball season last year. I mean, there was talk on Devo just being completely mentally exhausted, and some of the talk on if he was going to come back or not, and a lot of that had to do with that mental exhaustion. Yeah. So you never know, you know, how it's going to play in. Um, but you know, it's there's obviously a lot more than behind the scenes than we get mm-hmm. privy to when it comes to these players coming and going. And I, I think that that's none of our damn business. Yeah. I, I, and that's, that's the thing. I think it's almost like, look, you know, if they choose to go, Hey man, wish you nothing but the best, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, you, you praised them when they were here. Yeah. You know what? It, it's almost like it, in the back of your mind, it sucks. You want to rent, but sometimes you just need to keep it to yourself opposed to, lashing out because you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what play these players go through. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, we saw it, I mean, just most recently with Zach Morris going to TCU. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that fans loved him. And then against TCU, they were just throwing him under the bus left and right. Mm-hmm. And then he enters portal. Then he ends up at TCU and it's just, you know, the sky is falling when it comes to him, the lashing out, the comment, the tweets, the this and that. And I'm just kind of like, just let it go. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's got to, you know, the team before, just I just wonder how much of an impact that has on, and I would love, you know, we're talking about, I've talked about this truth serum for about a month now on different topics, but I would really love to hold some of these recruits feet to the fire or give them some truth serum and be like, hey, how much of this negative stuff you see on social media affects you not going to a school? You know, mm-hmm. or, you know, you're, you see you're an incoming freshman or you're somebody looking to come to Arkansas and you're friends with a player who's went to a portal. How much of that negative comment comments affect you now maybe putting them in your top three or choosing that school? I, I would love to know the numbers on that because all in all, you know that, and I'm not saying it affects everybody, but you know that's got to be in the back of somebody's mind. That's been a decision of why they haven't come. And I'm not just saying Arkansas. It happens every Everywhere. fan base mm-hmm. does it. But I know oh, yeah. that there's been some some players that have been like, I'm not going there because if this is how they treat you after you leave, why would I want to go give all my sweat and tears for you to cheer for me? Because as soon as I want to go play somewhere else, you're just going to be right there bashing me. I mean, mm-hmm. and I almost cringe at times because, you know, in uh, our group Hog Sports, I mean, there's not a whole lot of parents, but there are players' parents that are in that group there are recruits parents that are in that group. And I just wonder what's, you know, what they see, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm sure a lot of them just have to bite their tongue or not chime in on the keyboard, whatever it may be. And it, I'm sure that's one of the toughest things um, to not, you know, be mama bear, papa bear and take up for their kid. That's getting bashed. And I know, and I hate saying it comes with the territory because it shouldn't. Yeah. Especially when we're talking about 18 year old kids. Yeah, and that's the sad thing. And and I, I there for a little bit, I was like, they're getting paid now. You know, it's more of they're they're not an employee of the University of Arkansas, but a lot of it is. You know, they're wanting this money and they're wanting to go to these schools for this money. So it's almost like 
some of it's uh, it, it's tough. It's tough. It's a gray area of do is it warranted? Is it you know? Hey, look, you signed up for you know the NIL. You signed up for all this money. You signed up. You know, at, at what point are and also what we're looking at when we say kids compared to men. I mean, what, what's the if eighteen year old freshman or a twenty four year old senior? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it is t- tough to really sit there and be like, well, don't talk to the kids that way. But mine's more of a just because they've chose to do better in their life, don't mm-hmm. bash them for their choice in their life. Because one, you're not paying their NIL fees. You're not paying their weekend spot at, on this radio station or going to wash these cars or whatever, you know? So you have no say in it is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Well, I mean, how much does it wear on a player to, you know, essentially give their all day in, day out, yeah. I'll use Darian at Ford as an example, to then sit on the bench and or come in for two or three minutes at the end of the half or end of the game for cleanup. Yeah. I mean, he wants to go somewhere that he can play. So let him go. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that there, there should be no ill will towards these players. You know, I just make the comments about them going to SEC schools because, you know, I just figured it won't fail that they'll come back to Fayetteville, play a game, and have, like, the best game of their career against us. You know, which is always possible, but well, it's happened before in football. <laughs> yeah, it has. So, <laughs> but you, know. you got to look at it as you know, it, it stinks. It, it's and what I'm saying is, you have the right to be a fan. You have a right to be upset and and flustered about. You know, t- of course, you don't want to see somebody go to a rival, or you know, mm-hmm. like somebody goes from one rival to another rival school. You know, that's always going to. But there's a point to where you think it or say it. Sometimes just think it. Or just say you're frustrated. Man, that really stinks that he went or that sucks or, hey, that effing sucks that he he went to this school, you know. But when you start making it personal or going after that person personally, that's I think that's where the line is. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that – I hated to see Catalan go to Texas yeah. of all places, but he's from there. So it's one of those, like, I, I can't knock the guy for, for going back. Um, so I, it, it's, I hate to see it because as much as he gave to Arkansas, but you know, it's one of those, you hope he has a great year. You hope that he finally gets to the NFL. Um, but we'll see if the injury bug, you know, doesn't get to him like it has in the past. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and that it's weird. It's like, Again, you know, with Catalan still, he was the captain of our team. He, you know, I'm looking at the football program before he got here and where it was, and we we thought, you know, as a freshman, he was going to come in and be that trendsetter. He was going to be that guy that was going to take the defense to the next level. He gets injured. You're like, okay. And then he gets injured, and you're like, okay, he's going to the draft. But then he goes to Texas. Mm -hmm. It's, again, one of those things where, man, it really sucks, and you're just like, ugh. But, again – there's nothing we can do about it. We can talk till we're blue in the face. It's not going to make him okay. It's like breaking up with your ex and you're sitting there yelling bad things at her because you think she's a piece of trash. Well, I mean, you didn't think she was a piece of trash five minutes ago when y'all were, you know, out on a date. You know, it's just it's how those things go. Yeah, and I mean, back to you brought up the NIL and it kind of sparked something that, you know, I saw that Missouri, the state, uh, you know, uh, passed a new law rule, whatever, regards to NILs that in-state players will be able to get NIL deals, make NIL deals while they're still in high school after they um, sign their financial agreement with the school. Yeah. So, which means that come they'll have an eight- to nine-month jump on other programs in, at Mizzou uh, when it comes to NILs. And I think a lot of it, you know, say you strike this NIL deal with uh, Fletcher Honda or who just name one out there. Mm-hmm. If that contract's for a year and you don't write out that contract for a year, you leave for six months or go to another school, I think either you pay it back or you don't get paid. Yeah. I mean. Because I, I don't know the full breakdown of how all those work. You know, I see the the different funds and their names, like Arkansas, the, the one raiser back or whatever it is. But I don't know how that all breaks down into it individual businesses versus like a big NIL group that each school has also. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, back in the day, you just, you know, took duffel bags or McDonald's bags. (laughs) McDonald's bags, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and gave it I, to him. I know, and 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 I'm not going to mention sport name, nothing. I'm not giving any kind of hints, but I know. I I seen the receipts of a player that was playing for an Arkansas team portaled to another team, and when they got to the other team was still trying to hit up the Arkansas NIL deal wanting their money. I mean, that's that. it, it was just like when I seen the, that, I was like, are you kidding me? So it's like, okay, you want to go from this school to this school, and then you get to school B, you're asking school A's NIL deal, hey, do I still get my check? And I'm just like – Holy hmm. moly. But that that's where some of this goes and, and what we're talking about. But mm-hmm. but anyways, we're going to switch things up. We're going to kind of give a, a what we got coming up. There was a comment up by Michael Hudson about the Razorback hockey schedule. Yes, we have seen the hockey schedule. They start off the 8th and 9th against Oklahoma State University. Um, at the end of the month, closer to season, we are going to have Keller Sims, the head coach of the hockey club, on with us to preview the season. I remember we had him back on in 2020 when really the team really started taking off. And, and so it's always nice when we get to chop it up and, and talk to um, Keller Sims of the hockey team. This week, again, with, with sports getting jam-packed, we're going to be jam-packed with shows and content. We've been floating around a bunch of ideas to be able to bring the fans' daily comment, such as probably within the next couple of Mondays, we're going to start a Monday mailbag, where off of our Sunday show or throughout the week, if you have any questions you want us to answer, if you anything, you submit it to our DMs, either Adams, myself, or our Hog Talk, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter DM. We will read them on air and discuss them. We've also got a lot of uh, episodes. We're going to be interviewing players and coaches from various teams around Arkansas. And then um, tomorrow, um, we are going to be making a big announcement. Uh, we've, We've partnered up with a local Fayetteville business, We've got something really cool. Again, not giving any kind of teasers other than it's a Fayetteville business we're going to do something really cool with. I can't wait to announce that tomorrow. So be tuned. Around lunchtime, we'll we'll throw that out there. And then also we're going to have uh, this week, Jason Watson will be coming on tomorrow uh, from the volleyball team previewing their season. And one of the oldest club teams or the oldest club team, I should say, at Arkansas, mm-hmm. the Arkansas Rugby Club, we will have them on Wednesday. We'll do no show on Tuesday because we have the I have a benefit game going on. But that's what we're looking forward to really trying to um, do with the coming weeks and into football season, you know, doing a Friday preview show with a writer from the opposing school. So, Adam, I, I hope you've got your seatbelt buckled up. Your, your TV tray in the upright position because uh, mm-hmm. things things here are about to take off. Uh, Believe, really want to thank the people at Believe, uh, Cam and Braun and Lindsay, uh, Jessica, you know, all the people that have really made this show and really helping us out. Uh, we are about to expand our coverage. We're going to start being on Alexa. There has been talks of possibly being broadcasted on Fubo TV, Believe Sports, and Believe Network have a channel on Fubo TV, which you have on uh, your Roku TVs. So, Hog Talk's about to be in a lot of places. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, you know, just short clips, promos of our show. So, stay tuned. It's going to be a wild ride this season. And i tell you what, with the way football, basketball, baseball, all the women's sports going on, it's going to be a fun year. Oh, yeah. There's a lot coming up. I'm ready for it. I'm glad yeah. it's here. We're finally here for football. Again, like I said, it starts tomorrow night with high school football. Tuesday, you got junior. And I know it's scrimmages, but, man, it's fun to go out there and see the kids get to hit and and get out there. First time you actually hear with your own ears those pads. (laughs) Pads pop. It's great, yeah. I always said that the baseball, when when you get a hold of a baseball with a wood bat, just hearing that crack. And Mm -hmm. sometimes those football pads just ring something clear. Oh, yeah. Adam, you got anything else before we wrap things up? Oh, no. I'm just ready to get the season here. Um, hope just everybody stay safe, get ready for it. Um, the cool weather will be here soon. 
I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our buddy Zachary Hall, the the storm chaser, he's always talking about we're at uh, Devil's Front Porch right now, and I believe yeah. it because yeah. I was outside in the garage for 20 minutes, and I think I sweated more just sitting down than I did working out. So, mm-hmm. well, for Adam Hall, this is Porter Hayes again. We're brought to you by Bet Online and the Believe Network. Presented to you by Buzz Radio Network. We will catch you tomorrow night when we have Jason Watson coming on at 7 p.m. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.